All right, Coffee and Theology, Wednesday, April 27th. It's 8.13, so, so sad. We didn't do the, our 8.08, our normal 8.08, <laughs> but that must be a sign of things are changing. Behold, I do a new thing. Even now it is springing forth, and we've got a good group on today, missing some of our regulars, but we have a really interesting topic, as we typically do um, for those that are only listening to this after the fact. If you ever want to be a part of the live recording, we always talk about a couple of things before we get started and try to determine a theme. As with Coffee and Theology, as we know, it is a an evolving um, thing that we build while we fly. We build as we go. We put it together um, as we're in midair. And for me, that's an exciting thing. I love to see what the chemistry of a group will bring together and how we will create um, our theme for the day. We have an idea of where we're headed, but then as people ask questions and add their own voice, their own opinion, their own perspective, it becomes kind of a, a midrash, a midrashic tradition type of a thing where we read a text, we talk about its context, and then we add to how it becomes applicable and practical in our own lives, that old Jewish tradition of midrash. Um, it's kind of what we're doing here. Um, we're talking about, we're going to we're going to uh, piggyback on what we began on Sunday, which is talking about how to draw on the wells of salvation from the inside. We know from our scripture that counsel, and this is good for everybody to know where this is, because I'm not just making this up. I'm, I'm not just uh, coming up with this metaphor out of nowhere. But this is from Proverbs 20 in verse 5. Proverbs 20 in verse 5 says that counsel in the heart of a human is like deep water. Is like deep water. And a person with understanding will draw it out. OK, so we talked about on Sunday, the way that I like to think about that is that we have a well of water on the inside, like an old fashioned well that you dig, 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 dig deep down into the earth until you hit water. But in order to benefit from that water, that life giving, nourishing, cleansing water, we have to draw it out. And the only way to draw it out is to have something to draw it with, a bucket, to have some kind of a, a ladle or a bucket, something that you draw down with that rope, you put it down all the way down that deep well, and it, it smacks into the water and it ladles up that life-giving cleansing water, and then you have to pull it back up. So... A uh, couple of folks on here were thinking it would be fun to dig more into that. And I said yes to that. I want to dig into that a little bit more. Brene Brown said it this way from her old, uh, from her college uh, philosopher. Uh, well, she, she writes in her book, The Atlas of the Heart. When I think about this data, I think back to a quote from the philosopher Ludwig Wittgenstein. Win Win that I came across in college. And it sounds like this, the limits of my language mean the limits of my world. The limits mm. of my language mean the limits of my world. 
So we were get, talking about the power of our words. To quote another proverb from the Hebrew scriptures, it says that life and death are in the power of our tongue. And our words shape our world. Our words shape our reality. Our, and the limits of our language means the limits of our world. And so I like that this last year with working with Brene Brown on the Atlas of the Heart and going into the particularities of, of emotions and feelings and being able to express what's inside of us in a nuanced way so that we can make greater reality and have greater understanding of our friends and in our relationships. The more accurate and particular we can get, the more granular we can get, about what's going on inside of us, the, the more chance we have of getting our needs met and meeting the needs of other people. So um, I think Meredith, I would love for you to just kind of go back through what you were, what you were thinking about, about that bucket and just about raising kids and, and, um, What's inside that heart? What's inside? What's behind the I'm fine or it was good, you know, and what's really going on in there and about emotions. I wanted you to go ahead and share that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have been working on intentionality with my kids in general, um, but ever since Sunday, um, my poor kids, they came home the next day. We trade um, there with their dad for a week and then me for a week. And we trade every Monday after school. Um, so I had been just pondering this idea of, um, you know, your mouth is the bucket and how that relates to what I've been learning in my own life about um, being transparent and being um, thoughtful with my words, speaking the positive things out loud and finding a new way to frame the negative things or the things that feel negative to me because perception is reality. And so mm. the words that I'm saying out loud to me and to the people around me are our reality. Mm. And so, you know, specifically with my kids, um, we've been talking about not being dramatic or exaggerating with our words to the extent that we can control that. You know, there's always going to be times when you speak before you think or, you know, your um, your emotions take over. Um, but trying to learn how to be very specific and nuanced with those words so that everything we say is truthful, everything is beneficial as much as we can control it. And you know, I have my, one of my kids said to me this week, I have nothing in life to look forward to. Right. And yeah. I was like, okay, nothing like you don't want to get up and go to school tomorrow. You don't want to eat spaghetti for dinner. You don't want to go to the movies on Friday. Like none of those things bring you joy. Well, yeah, they do. But I was like, okay, then what you said, the words that you used did not accurately portray how you feel. So let's find it some different words. Mm. Let's dig a little bit deeper mm -hmm. <laughs> past, past whatever you're feeling in this moment. And let's talk about the reality and what that is 
the, the grand scheme, not just your frustration about this one thing and then letting that make the world feel like the whole world is negative because it's mm -hmm. not. And so that's, that's what I've been focused on this week. And that's why I wanted to talk more about that and kind of dig in when there was an opportunity for that back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. Jesus said, Jesus said in, in John, John seven thirty seven, he stood up and he cried out in, in the middle of this crowd. And, and he said, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink for he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water out of his heart. So we're talking about that deep well, like what is inside of the heart? Enough that researchers and very, very smart people write entire books about the stages of the heart, mm -hmm. the atlas of the heart, mm -hmm. the conditions of the heart. It's one of the primary diseases that Americans have is disease of the heart mm -hmm. heart disease mm -hmm. is one of the top three diseases that americans suffer with we have these conditions of the heart the bible mentions the word heart or the leb the labak that's my last name this means it means heart in aramaic leb and in hebrew it derivative of that it's mentioned over 800 times in the scripture and it's never ever referring to the organ that beats blood, that pumps blood in and out of your body and through your veins. It always is talking about the seat of motivation, the seat within yourself that makes you move. Mm. What motive eats you? What mobilizes you to speak? So out of your innermost being, out of your heart, will flow rivers of living water. The text that we used on Sunday was Paul speaking to the Corinthians, saying in, in 1 Corinthians 2, and uh, I'm going to read a couple of these lines of this text, but he was saying that when he was with them, he didn't want his preaching or his speaking to only be, to only have its foundation on human wisdom, which is profitable and good. Philosophies have their place and science has their place. Sciences, philosophies, social sciences, all of the things we study, all very, very critical to the understanding of our history, and understanding of where we are in the world. But he said, don't stop there. Continue to move through to the spirit, to the spirit mm -hmm. of matter, the spirit, the demonstration and of power, that dunamis power, that dynamite power, that power that moves through a thing that would once take you three years to move through a thing in therapy, in talk therapy or EMDR alone, by the power of the spirit with the understanding of that living water on the inside, maybe that that thing that just won't let go would have a chance at accelerated healing. I'm not suggesting, and you know me by now, <laughs> take your medicine and pray. It is both. Take your medicine, do the therapies, do your somatic experiencing, <laughs> do your talk therapy, and pray and meditate. But he goes on to say that 
When we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of the age knew, for had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, which is kind of a key point, which is why when we were talking about the last couple of weeks, that they, when Jesus was always opening his mouth and speaking in parable, and he was always speaking, but they, and he said, I'm always speaking this so that you would ever be hearing, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. That was a temporary statement to those people right then, because if they had known the actual truth, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And that crucifixion had to take place. It was part of the whole plan. And so it was hidden and concealed to those people for a short time. It is not hidden and concealed from us now. You need to understand that those were temporary things. There are some things that are timeless in the scripture, but some things that are temporary. And that was a temporary thing. Going on to say, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us, to us through God's spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. So think about that well. The Spirit is searching all things, just the deep things of God. All right. For what human knows the things of a human except the spirit of the human which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the spirit of God. And good news, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. And that's what's so beautiful is that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. So this idea of the spirit, honey, that's in 1 Corinthians 2 and the whole that whole chapter. So 1 Corinthians 2, and then I, I kind of jump around in that whole text, but it's like verses 10 through 13 is kind of what we're talking about, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Because Jesus, when Jesus died, was in the tomb, rose again, and then was showing himself and bearing witness to his resurrected body for what the Bible would call 40 days, which we understand is just a metaphor for a period of time, okay? So um, for 40 days showing himself, he said that don't, don't go anywhere until you have a revelation of the spirit and of power. Don't go anywhere. Stay in Jerusalem, tarry for the spirit, wait in that upper room, wait till the spirit comes. Because when you have the spirit of the thing, ah, then you have the essence, then it's living within you. Jesus was up until that point with them, but he was not in them. When he breathed upon them and breathed upon them, the Holy Spirit, this began the new age of the church. The new age of the remnant, the remnant, the ones that believe Jesus saying those that believe in me out of their innermost being will flow rivers, rivers, rivers of living water, not just a well. It's a well that never runs dry. Isaiah, the prophet said, this is, these are these cisterns, these waters that are always replenishing is an everlasting stream, a stream within you. And Jesus is saying, I am the bread of life. I am the living water on the inside. I am the spirit on the inside of you, this pneuma, this breath. And so the way that we draw it out, the way that we draw what out? All the things that joy rivers hold, <laughs> all the things that salvation is within you, out of your spirit, with the bucket of your mouth, 
you draw them forth. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it right now. We're doing it together. Go ahead, Meredith. This is um, a bit off topic, but it's something I noticed because I heard something when you were talking and I had to read it again to process. But it's interesting that it says no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. It doesn't say you can read this Bible and take it literally word for word and know God's thoughts. Yeah. It says no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. So how exciting is that for someone like me to see clearly in the Bible where I'm told to take things literally (laughs) that God literally, that in the word it says you have to have the spirit to understand God's thoughts. Oh, that's so cool. How cool. Like that was just like a giant light bulb moment for me that has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today. No, but it does. It does. It does. Yeah. So read that again. Read it again to me, Meredith, where it says. Um, It says no one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And that's um, verse 11. Yeah. And then look, look, as if there's no punctuation, just go to the next part and read that. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. See, that ties it all up. That ties it all together. So, so we have not, we're not on the outside of God's thoughts because what? Because we have received the spirit of God. If the spirit of God is the only one that knows the thoughts of God, then we have received. And so now we have received. So read it again, Meredith. Read it, start at 11 okay. and, go, and go through um, it. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. Oh, man. That's so badass, man. And then what's right. I was watching Heidi get excited when you were talking, and I was feeling that on the inside. And now that we've processed it, I'm just like, I feel that like... Yeah, this maybe is the best nugget I've learned in my entire, this entire process the last year. Oh, Me too. Yay. Me too. This was, this why Heidi's getting so excited and, she, and I, I'm going to speak for her a moment, then she can speak, but she's getting excited because this is what, what we've started the church on. Mm-hmm. This is what we started eight years ago because this was the biggest revelation I ever got in my whole life. Mm-hmm. Because here's what's next. Look, look what's even next after that. So, so read the last part of verse 12 and then go on to verse 13 okay. as if there's no punctuation. Okay. Um, and we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. What version are you reading from? Um, my, this is the um, New Living Translation. I love that. I love how that was just said. But also, I'll, I'll tell you what it, how it says in mine. Um, so we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who's from God. And we're just we're just running over and over again. Verses 11, 12, 13, for those of you that are following along, First Corinthians 2 and verses um, 11, 12 and 13. We're just like rerunning it over and over again because we get something different every time we read it. Mm-hmm. So it says, now we have received, verse 12, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been given freely to us by God. And these things, notice that word things, but in your translation, it's not things. But in mine, it is these things we also speak, these things we also speak. And so we're talking about the bucket of our mouth, 
speaking mm-hmm. out the things that have been freely given to us by God. The well on the inside. Go ahead, Kelly. You had your 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 hand up. Yeah. I was just gonna. I was gonna read third. I was gonna say keep going and read thirteen. But I've got my NIV here, and mine says. Um, These are the things that God, I'm starting in verse 10. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit taught words. Oh yeah. All right. Now move on to the next one. Mm -hmm. So the natural part of yourself, the natural human, the natural, your brain over here does not receive the things of the spirit of God for their foolishness to that part of you. Everybody can all agree that we've had that cynical part of us go, this is hogwash. (laughs) This is foolishness. And they can't in that part of you can't even know them because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. Yeah. My version says the person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Yeah. Yeah, which is why it's so important that we show up wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly to these texts and wholeheartedly to our experiences together as a community, mm-hmm. allowing our spirits to be the guide. Yes. It's not hard because we have received, we have our, <laughs> that's your spirit. <laughs> it's as easy as breathing in and out. Yeah. Easy as that. Go ahead, Heidi. You've been bursting. I've been talking. No, I no. I'm just. I love it because then that's the part for me. It's the. But we have received. Not we have to work for. Not we have to pray for. Not we have to have a formula for. Not we have to learn for. But we have received the Spirit of God. That is the part that is always so exciting to me because we have on the inside exactly what we need to be able to discern correctly the things of God and how God is speaking and what we need to be doing. And Meredith, what you're doing with your kids right now, that's the spirit of God helping you help your kids. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what that is. It's, it's, I love it. It's, it's amazing. And we, we get so caught in trying to figure it out in that natural man, my brain always says, well, no, you have to do it this way, or no, you have to follow these rules, or no, you're not going to understand that, or whatever it might be. But if I, if I seek the spirit first, and the, and the wisdom that can come to me from the spirit of God, um, then I'm able, I'm able to move in the divine, in the divine things of God for my life. And yes, I love it too, because this is like the foundation of house church. I mean, this scripture is, is embedded in the DNA of this ministry. And I, and I love it. And I love when Bonnie teaches on this because it's, it's always so refreshing and so enlightening. And so I get so excited because it's like, oh, we have it. We have that. Like We got it. It's awesome. So let's go another step further. And while Meredith's talking next, go to John 14 and then Meredith, go ahead and go. I was just going to say, it's so interesting because I've spent 
it was June of last year when I started having the conversations with my dad specifically. So, I mean, I've been coming out for a year and a half in stages. Um, But with my dad specifically, when we started talking about scripture related to sexuality and all of that, I have been saying both to myself and to him, I don't have the same level of, I I haven't studied the Bible as much as you have. I haven't read all of the um, commentaries. I haven't studied the Greek and the Hebrew. So I have been coming at this conversation as someone who is lacking the ability to contribute to the conversation at the same level. And, but I'm not lacking anything because all you need is the spirit, right? Yeah. Well, in order to communicate with your dad in his playground, which is the scriptures, you, it, it goes a long way to know those scriptures. So yes, to have that conversation, you do need an understanding of the scripture. But I also hear what you're saying that you're coming right now to this really cool revelation that you have the spirit of God. And so you can know the deep things of God by the spirit of God, which is in you. You can know and understand that. And Um, I can continue to learn and grow through things like this. It doesn't have to be a, a, a doctorate degree in theology or something like, but I have, like Heidi said, you have it within you to get what you need, but you have to like do the work to get there, I guess, is what you're saying. And I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, you didn't cut, you didn't cut me off. It's the spirit. We'll see. The, our, our teachers and our researchers, our scholars, all of us in a certain degree studying these texts we're remiss if we think that in them we're finding life right because even the word the jesus said you search the scriptures thinking that in them you're finding life but i am the bread of life you know it's the body it's the spirit it's the essence it's the spirit it's this knowing of god it's knowing god's spirit that gives life so we can have our debates and arguments within those texts about those texts and that's okay and fine, but even we go on to see that the letter kills. Remember that scripture says the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. Because when, once we write a thing down and conclusion, and we come to a conclusion on a thing, it now becomes a stone that we can throw at other people. We can, we can weaponize our beliefs. We can weaponize our conclusions. And so that's important to note that the spirit is fluid. That's that well on the inside of you, that water on the inside. The spirit is fluid. It refreshes. It brings nourishment. It brings life. It brings growth. But the letter can kill. It. I, I think a better translation there would say uh, the letter can kill. It's not that it just sits here and kills you. It's what. It's not just sitting on my table killing me. But what it, how it kills me is when I make it a rock. Yeah, I make it a stone to throw at somebody else. You know, it's hard to throw bread. You could throw, you know, chicken in the roll or whatever that restaurant used to be. You could throw the rolls, you can throw the bread, but bread at the end of the day gives life. And that's G- the Jesus. When we have the word 
and that's okay to know the word, but we have to use it in a way that brings life. And if we're using it in a way that throws stones, then we're still weaponizing and we're still, we're demonizing other people, weaponizing it. Go ahead, Kelly. I was just going to, I forgot what I was going to, oh, I know what I was going to say. Um, so I went over to Psalm and Psalm 119, 103. This is before I started just I, lately, re very recently, I started texting every week my, my blood kids and then all the college kids and young adults that, that I love. Um weekly text, but this is the kind of the, the scripture that started it. And I had very recently just gotten back into my Bible because my Bible was a place of pain for so long. Um, and I know everybody can relate to that, but it's Psalm um, 119, 103. And how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey in my mouth. Um, my words should be like honey to everybody that's around me. Um, and so, and that's, that's what these words are. That's what words and letters are. You know, they have the power of life and death. And when our words can carry the power of life, that's when the impact is made. Um, Gracious words are like a honeycomb. They're yeah, sweet. Yeah. To the soul, and they give us such life. Go ahead, Christine. Um, so right now, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm reading out of the Message Bible, and um, right now I'm going through such a refining, um, resurrection for myself. And so as I was listening to Meredith and listening to to all the comments, I was, I was reading what mine says, and so things were popping out um, of that scripture to me. And it was like, okay, um, that I hadn't read before. And it was saying, um, and lately that's been happening, I guess over the last week, um, things will pop out and it's like, okay, is that for me? But um, it says what God has arranged for those who love him, but you've seen and heard it because God, by his spirit, has brought it all out into the open before you. Um, the spirit not content to fit around, to flit around on the surface, dives into the depths of God and brings out what God planned all along. Whoever knows what you're thinking and planning, except you yourself, the same with God, except that he not only knows what he's thinking, but he lets us in on it. And us is like, you know, kind of um, a different lettering. And so I take that as, wow, he's he's bringing us mm -hmm. into him. Um, and it says that. It, um, God offers gifts of life and salvation um, that he is giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinions. Mm. Like, oh, oh. Oh. oh, it's so beautiful because we can receive counsel. We can study and grow. We can mm -hmm. dive deeply into all the categories of life, but we don't have to stop there. You can go deep on a subject as you want, as deep as you want, as much as you're interested in it. 
go as deep as you want. But then the Spirit of God will take it and illuminate it and actually make it work workable in your life. It'll bring the essence of the Spirit because there's no category of learning that is outside of the Spirit of God. Whatever so, it is that you're interested yeah. in, yeah, do that. But then the Spirit makes it alive instead of stones to throw at one another. Yes, the spirituality is alive. We have access to everything God's Spirit's doing and can't be judged by unspiritual critics. And it says, is there anyone around who knows God's Spirit? Anyone who knows what he is doing? Christ knows, and we have Christ's Spirit. Hey, so see that? See how he sets that argument up? He's like, who can know? Like, and you kind of get a little despairing feeling like mm-hmm. there because he's hanging you up. But then he mm-hmm. says, we have the mind of Christ. He says, it kind of makes oh. you stand a little straighter. Oh, it's like, know? oh, only the mind of Christ can know. Oh, but oh, but you have the mind of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Lucas. Hi, honey. Oh, I didn't know if you wanted to say anything. Apples of gold and pitchers of silver. Is that what you were coming up? Waxing eloquent with some proverbs. That was beautiful. Timely word is, is, you know, that's all. That was beautiful. I love those scriptures. I love scriptures about the power of our words and how sweet they are. Yeah, of course I do. I love it. I love it. It's how we minister to one another. That's how, you know, in all all these New Testament texts, it says we minister to one another in psalms and in hymns and in spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord, being filled with the Spirit. That's how we get filled with the Spirit, is we are like apples of gold, pitchers of silver. We're like pouring into one another. Like the the chalice of my, the wine of my heart is dipping towards you, and you're getting a little drink, and then I get a little drink from you, and you get a little drink from me, and we're just pouring out of our spirits. Over in John 14, if you can get over there real fast, John 14, um, verse 15. Well, just to punctuate even more how we have the spirit um, and why it was so good that Jesus went away in bodily form and gave us the spirit. So John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Who's the helper? The Holy, the Holy Spirit, that he will give you then another helper, the spirit of truth. Whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. A better translation of I will come to you. It would be more in the perpetual state of I am always coming to you. It's not that I will come to you like later one day, like in the rapture or something like that, but it's more like I am not leaving you, but I will be forever coming to you. I am coming to you over and over and over again. I will never stop leaning in toward you. I'm always coming to you. I'm always, I'm in this perpetual persistent state of coming to you so the world so don't think about the world as like oh those are all the people that don't believe or something like that that's silly it's the world in you it's this part of you that like we read in first corinthians that cannot receive the things of the spirit of god that part of you that wants to think it's foolishness that part of you that wants to think um, that you can't understand it but 
that we that part of you neither sees him or knows him, but you, your core self, your spirit self, you know him. And that's a bold statement because we're all the time groping, grasping, hoping we know God. Like, but Jesus said, you know him now, present tense. You know him. Well, what part of you knows him? Your spirit self, that well, that well on the inside, that well. So your mouth, as you begin to connect your mouth with that water and that well of salvation on the inside, begin to speak the things that are freely given to you by God. Speaking. Now, one way to speak is in that heart language that some of us have been baptized, as Jesus said, you know, John truly baptized you with water, but I will baptize you with the spirit and with power and with fire, I think it even said. And so some of us have this heart language and it's for everybody to speak in that spirit language, speak in that heart language. You kind of know when you're, when you've tapped in, you know when you've kind of tapped over and you're like, man, I was just talking and, and it was like God was talking through me. You know, is that kind of thing? That's your spirit. That's your spirit talking. Like, I just I got it. Like Meredith got it. Like Meredith was speaking by the spirit just moments ago when she said, I have the spirit of God. I can know the things. Did you want to say something else, Christine or Meredith? I see hands still raised up. Well, I didn't even know the hand was up, but sure. Um yeah, I was just reading what you were reading, and um, wow, um, I'm getting kind of, um, I wouldn't go so far as being slapped in the face, but wow, this is really speaking to me. Um, it says, um, I will not leave you orphaned, which for most of my life I've have felt orphaned. Um, in just a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you're going to see me because I am alive and you're about to come alive. Whew. Uh, <laughs> whew. And you're reading from the message again, right? The message. Um, yeah. And that moment you will know it absolutely that I am in my father. You're in me and I am in you. And I keep hearing you talking and, and your sermons recently about, you know, him being within us and us and him. And so for me, all of this is kind of coming full circle for me. And so um, I absolutely needed to hear these words this morning. So thank you. Mm. And I love that. I love that you just went right past that, that scripture and said, be, you will see me because I live. You live also as I am. So are you. Yeah, as yeah, for sure. It's like, yeah, his I, life. I was going to say, to, sorry, it won't let me raise my hand for some reason. Oh. Um, I was going to say, I remembered what I was going to say earlier, too. You know, for those of us that come out of these, like, really evangelical circles, I can remember um, when I got called into our pastor's office about my affirming stance, um, my biblical affirming stance, you know, they really wanted to debate these scriptures with me. And I kept refusing and kept refusing um, because I knew that 
my lack of higher education when it comes to the Bible was going to be used against me. And so I, I just, I wasn't going to go there and I wasn't going to change anybody's mind in that room. So why bother? Um, but also they also, um, I have heard, you know, this time and time again with other people, when, when somebody is like, I really feel the Lord speaking to me on this. I have heard, um, people in places of leadership in evangelical culture do that. Well, how do you know that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? You know, like it can speak to the Holy Spirit can speak to some people, but not others. But John 14 clearly tells us we have an advocate and that advocate is the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit lives inside of each and every one of us. And therefore we have the right to use our words and use our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it leads us, it's the spirit of truth. So it leads us into all truth and truth is going to be, um, it's going to look and feel like love. Truth is going to look and feel like love. It's going to look and feel like inclusion. It's going to bear witness to the other things we know about mm -hmm. the greater story. Mm -hmm. and Meredith. So I have um, the Bible reference, John 14, 27, tattooed on behind my ear. Um, after my grandfather died, my dad sent me that verse when I was struggling to deal with the grief. And it says um, in my version, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. I have looked to that verse. My grandpa died in 2005, so 17 years. I've had that verse on, on my mind all the time, but I've never gone back and truly studied everything leading up to it. I've read it, but I haven't dug in. And this gift, the gift, the peace of mind and heart is all related to Jesus promising us the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I, yeah. Like the nuggets today for me are just like all over the place because it's all kind of just like Christine said, it's all coming together. Like it's, it's starting, those pieces are starting to fit together. That's yeah. really cool. <laughs> all right. Cause read verse 26. Um, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy spirit. He will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Then 27. I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, the Holy Spirit is the peace. Mm. It is not separate from the Spirit. It is not, um, it's not separate from. It is the Spirit. Like it is the peace. I'm just loving that so much because we are, we get so anxious in our, in our whole existence and the way this culture is creating people these days. We can't, no, nobody's escaping the anxiety. <laughs> Nobody, if you were a peaceful person 20 years ago, you now have some kind of issue with anxiety um, because the culture is so scary. Gets, I mean, it's just so schism. This too much. It's too much. This culture is too much. And but we still have that peace that we can access if we will. Go ahead, Christine. Go ahead and read it in the message. 
I'm thinking that's what you were going to do. I might have just been. Well, no, when she was reading that, um, I, I think Meredith, we're being talked to this morning because um, it says uh, in, in the same thing that you said, it says, um, I'm leaving you well and whole. I mean, that just like kind of jumped out at me. I'm leaving you well and whole. And um, that's my parting gift to you. So to me right now, that is like huge, 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 huge for me. Being well and whole. Um, yeah. And I've never seen that before. So, I love that so much. I love that so much. And I'm leaving you well and whole. My peace I give to you. So then now it's our job because the very next part, 27B says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Mm -hmm. So it's let not your heart be troubled. So this is, so remember the other scripture that says, guard your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life. So we, we have a job all these little gates that we have, ears, eyes, mouth, all these gates that come into our hearts, we have a job to do to guard that and to keep it with all diligence because we have peace. We have to protect our peace. You hear some of the old folks say, you're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to steal my mm -hmm. peace. My peace, you know, and I'm not going to put myself in positions that steal from me. Go ahead. Somebody else had their hand up. Oh, man. Awesome. That verse is uh, Proverbs 4.23, the one you were just quoting. I just wanted to say that. Say it for me. Say it in whatever translation you have. Oh, you're you're muted, Heidi. Sorry. Okay. Um, let me get to it. Whoa. All right. It says, and this is the new King James version. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues. This says the issues of life. That's cool. Yeah. So it is full circle, right? So we yeah. have within us this living water is living water that Jesus said for when you really do adhere to me and you're you're really receiving from me out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water there's a well of counsel on the inside you have the spirit of truth on the inside of you and it's in within your mind so this is our our discerning project is to know which things are coming from the spirit of god and which things are coming just from the foolishness of our of our own thinking and the way we can do that is by with trusted individuals in our lives in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. Let the counsel of your friends, but good counsel, not counsel that's walking in the way or the path of people who are broken and off and out of fellowship with God. You don't want to receive counsel from people who don't have things, the things that you want. Don't take advice from someone who doesn't have what you want. <laughs> so um, even though even even the foolish people among us can have some good things to say every now and again, 
even a broken clock is right twice a day, right? So it's like, I don't know, how old am I that I would say like that old of a colloquialism, <laughs> but even an old, even a broken clock is right um, <laughs> twice a day. Oh All right. God. Well, this has been a blessing. I think the Holy Spirit is just demonstrating yeah. with the spirit and power how beautifully wise each one of you are and how wise and and full of living water you are. And you know, you know yeah. the way and you know the truth and you know the life. Yeah. And we will not let the letters turn into stones that we can throw at ourselves or stones that make brick walls inside of our hearts, but we will let the fluidity of the spirit of grace and the spirit of life and truth flow within us. May you be blessed this day and every hour of your day as you allow these words and this richness of revelation to continue to grow in you. God bless you. Yeah.